Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Joe Weil. We welcome you into Red Sox Review. On a night, the Red Sox come out with an 8-6 victory over the Baltimore Orioles. And the Red Sox jump back over that 500 mark, now 13-12 and 12 on the season. They're now 8-4 and four over their last 12 games as well. And this 19-game stretch, a stretch in which they've played 18 consecutive games, tomorrow will be 19. Uh, they could end it on a high note tomorrow. That game will start at 105 against the Baltimore Orioles. But the Red Sox bounce back from a very frustrating loss yesterday and pick up a win at Camden Yards. Joe Wow with you. We appreciate you joining us in Red Sox Review. Joe Braverman behind the glass. We're taking you all the way up until 11 o'clock tonight. We have a lot to get to on the program. We'll get into Corey Kluber's start along with what the offense did tonight just on the uh, in total against this Orioles pitching staff. Another great night for the offense. Eight runs they score. It's the eighth time this season in which they have scored Eight runs or more this year, and we'll get into some of the numbers that they came into this game with, which have just been so impressive. I mean, the offense has, has carried this team to the point in which they are above 500 team. You know how the starting pitching has struggled this year, but at least tonight they got a great Corey Kluber outing. But let's get you a recap of tonight's game, and we'll start in the top of the second inning. It was a, a, a scoreless ball game going into that Kyle Bradish was on the hill for the Orioles. He got pounded against the Red Sox in five outings last year. He was 0-3, 7.54 ERA, and he had a pretty easy first inning. But then in the second inning, he allows an 11-pitch walk to Tristan Casas with one out. That's followed up by a double by Jaron Duran, and that was just the start of his very impressive night. So that made it second and third, one out. And then Christian Arroyo came through with an RBI single to make it a one to nothing Red Sox lead. The Red Sox would tack on two more in that that frame Reese McGuire coming through with an RBI single and then they would add on one more thanks to a sacrifice fly by Rafael Devers so that made it three nothing and then in the third 
the biggest blow of the day for the Red Sox. They were able to load the bases. Masataki Yoshida, Kike Hernandez, Tristan Casas all singled to get the bags loaded for Jaron Duran. And here's your highlight from tonight's Nissan Red Sox postgame show. Here's the 3-2. Swing and a drive into center field. Mullins back at the track. At the wall. Gone! Jaron Duran hits a grand slam to straightaway center field, and the Red Sox lead it 7-0. Tremendous power for Duran, his first home run of this season, and it busts this game wide open. He looks like a completely different player here in 2023, and he'd add on one more hit uh, later in this game. He'd finished a triple shy of the cycle, but just to go back to that grand slam, the numbers off the bat impressive, 107.8 miles per hour, and it ends up traveling 409 feet. So that put the Red Sox ahead 7 to nothing, and that was more than enough for Corey Kluber. One blemish for him today, he gave up a, a solo shot to Jorge Mateo in the bottom of the fifth inning, but outside of that, he was, he was really strong today. Today. And first time we've seen that from him in a Red Sox uniform. He was able to limit hard hit balls. We'll get more into that as the show progresses. But overall, the final line, six innings pitched, five hits, one run, and he strikes out three. Big thing, though, that zero in the walk column, which we saw in the first start, that was an issue for him. Wasn't as bad as, as the other starts you, you saw, but he still fell behind a lot of hitters. That really wasn't the case tonight for him. So the Red Sox were able to get a long outing out of him. Now, the Red Sox would add more, uh, one more run in the top of the eighth inning to make it an 8-1 to one game. And then in the bottom of the ninth inning, it got way more interesting than it should have. And, and it's, a, it's a shame the Red Sox had to throw out Kenley Jansen in the bottom of the ninth inning. And the reason for that was because of Caleb Ward. He gives up a solo shot to Gunnar Henderson to start off the bottom of the ninth inning. That makes it 8-2. to two. And then the bases get loaded. It was a pair of singles and then a fielder's choice E4. But Will Fleming had mentioned it on the broadcast. There was a little bit of hesitation from Ort. Instead of just getting the sure out at first, he may have thrown off Emmanuel Valdez at second base with a throw. So that loaded the bases. And then Cedric Mullins hit a grand slam to make it 8-6. to six. The Red Sox coaching staff to said, all right, we've seen enough from Caleb Ort. Let's bring in the guy that's gotten the job done this entire year, which has been Kenley Jansen, and what a year it has been for him. Every time he's been thrown out there, he's been money in the bank, and that's exactly what he was tonight. He faces two batters. You could argue the two best hitters that the Orioles have, and Adley Rutschman and Anthony Santander, and he gets two outs after that to make it uh, a 8-6 final in favor of the Red Sox. So again, with the win, the Sox improved to 13-12 and overall in the season. Let's now hear from the Red Sox manager himself, Alex Cora, and what he has to say after tonight's win. At that point, we're up seven, and you, you try to stay away from certain guys, you know. It just happened that, you know, Caleb didn't have a good location, you know, some good pitches to hit, and we had to go to the big game. What you think about what made Corey so good tonight? I think uh, command was great. Um, you know, like I said before the game, he worked on a few things, and uh, it paid off. You know, this guy, been there, done that. You know, he, he's been uh, hit around before and make adjustments, and then he started getting people out, so it was a good, a good one for him. Talked about Duran, you know, having a good swing so far since he's been out, but um, the power there, how impressive that swing. Yeah, I mean, um, on the line too, right? Uh, he's he's in a good place offensively. Uh, like I said before, uh, I thought before he went to the tournament, he he was he was really good in spring training, and then 
he went and he didn't play for a while and you saw his timing off correct but he's been working being consistent i think that's the most important thing that's the difference between now and previous years you know um, he wasn't even hitting in triple a right and uh, he, he didn't have good numbers and he stayed with the approach and right now he's paying off you see any differences confidence wise from him compared to last year uh i want to say you know, there's a lot of th things that he that happened in the off season that probably he opened up, right? And um, he's in a better place right now. I think uh, obviously it's a different group, but uh, it's a group that, especially the coaches, we've been around him for, for, for a while here. And uh, we have uh, good good chemistry with him, you know, good relationship with him. And uh, I mean, we're just happy that he's performing at this level the way he is. How'd you like the approach against Bradish tonight? I mean, he gave up that uh, one-out walk, and then after that, everything kind of fell apart on him. You guys do? Yeah, I mean, we put the ball in play, which is important. Um, you know, uh, after that, we didn't do much until late. But uh, you know, Casas put good at bats. Uh, Reese put the ball in play, got a hit. Um, you know, Yoshida getting on base. So uh, it was a good, typical game for us. You know, and I'm glad that it wasn't Alex and Rafi. You know, it was the other guys. So that's a good time. How's it going? He's doing okay. Just tight. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll be able to go tomorrow. Or... Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you just heard from Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager, after the Red Sox beat the Orioles by a score of 8-6. to six. You're listening to Red Sox Review. The number to call in, 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. You can also text us as well. 37937, the number to do for that. We'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts after tonight's game and also where the Red Sox stand after, you know, it looked pretty bleak after that Tampa Bay series and you saw the, the rest of this slate that the Red Sox had in which they played uh, 19 consecutive games and obviously they're still in the midst of that. That'll come to an end tomorrow. But there was a reason to be concerned, I think, after after that point. And they're eight and four over their last twelve games, so now they're thirteen and twelve. But they were five and eight uh, coming off of that Tampa Bay series. And again, I, I think it would have been fair to have been a little worried about where the Red Sox stood after that, especially having lost Adam Duvall and seeing how that shortstop position was playing out. Uh, but the Red Sox have, you know, at least gotten themselves uh, treading water here at the moment. And I think even a little bit better than that. Uh, with the way the offense has, has really stepped up. You did hear Alex Cora just touch on Christian Arroyo. Just want to build off that for a second. Uh, he was lifted in this game for right hamstring tightness. Uh, so we'll see how it ultimately progresses for him in the coming days. But Manuel Valdez uh, replaced him uh, defensively in the game. So we saw him come out, and, and that ended up being the reason why. So as you heard Alex Cora say, uh, precautionary reasons. We also heard him touch on the fact that the offense performed to its ability without, you know, the best of games from Alex Verdugo and Rafael Devers. Those two combined at the top of the lineup. They go one for eight with an RBI. That was off the sack fly uh, from Rafael Devers. So the fact that the rest of the lineup stepped up, I think that's a, a great sign of the health of this group. Now, the starting pitching is going to continue to be the concern. Uh, for this Red Sox team, we'll get into some of the numbers coming into tonight that Corey Kluber has at least improved. But uh, at the same time, you got a great outing from Corey Kluber tonight, one you desperately needed from this starting staff. And the Red Sox, because of that, 
in part of uh, in part because of what Kluber did. They went eight to six today. We're taking you all the way up to eleven p.m. here on Red Sox Review. We'll pause for a short break. We'll come back with more Red Sox coverage. You're listening to Red Sox Review here on WEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Line drive right field, Verdugo there makes the catch to end the ball game. A hard hit ball, but that ends it, and the Red Sox have even the series at one. They hang on for an 8-6 victory over the Baltimore Orioles. The Red Sox go back to a game over 500 at 13-12. and 12. Red Sox a winner tonight over the Baltimore Orioles by a score of 8-6. to six, As we just heard the final call there from the great Joe Castiglione. So with the win, the Red Sox improved to 13-12 and 12 on the season. 8-4 and four now over their last 12 games. And a chance to pick up yet another series victory tomorrow. That'll be a 105 start time from Camden Yards. And if the Red Sox do win that game tomorrow, they'll now, they will go to 6-2. and two in series in 2023. Joe Weil with you. We appreciate you joining us on Red Sox Review. The number to join the program and call in 617-779-7937. Again, 617-779-7937. You can also text us 37937. And if you're just coming over and tuning in to us after the Celtics game just came to an end, it's a chance to unwind a little bit and know your team won on the baseball side of things uh, with the Red Sox picking up the victory today. I know that was a, a tough finish in the Celtics game with Trey Young hitting the big shot. So 
the series there going back to Atlanta with the C's uh, still on top of the series, uh, three games to two. The offense, one of the stories tonight, Corey Kluber, another part of it, but I'd like to touch on the offense first and then get into Corey Kluber's outing a little bit later on. Jaron Duran, what a night for him and, and what a start to his 2023 campaign in the big leagues. He's now 12 for 31 uh, to start off the year now at the major league level. The splits for him, 387 average, 417 on base percentage, and 645 slugging percentage, specifically bringing this up tonight. If you're just joining us now and didn't get a chance to listen to the game, Duran today goes three for four with three runs scored, but the big blow, the grand slam he hit in the top of the third inning that put the Red Sox ahead seven to nothing. It's his first career grand slam as a professional. He didn't hit one in the minor leagues, but he does uh, hit one tonight. That came against Kyle Bradish, who picks up the loss. He was he had a really tough night. Two and a third innings, eight hits, seven runs. Uh, he falls to one and one in the season. Corey Kluber one and four now in the year, but this offense has just been, it's, it's definitely exceeded expectations from what I think you thought. And I'll admit what I thought this team would be on the offensive side in 2023. I I did like some of the moves that they made in the off season, bringing Adam Duvall in, Justin Turner and, yeah, I even was a little optimistic about Masataka Yoshida, but you lose a player like Xander Bogarts, and you wonder, okay, without an anchor like that, what will this offense look like? Can Rafael Devers be the anchor to an offense that puts up a lot of runs and is in the top 10, at least, in Major League Baseball in a lot of offensive categories? And that's been the case for the Red Sox here in 2023. So here were the numbers coming into tonight for the Red Sox offense. So OPS, they were ninth in Major League Baseball at 761, but they were third in runs, tied for third in doubles, fifth in home runs. They had 32 coming into the into the night, and now 33 on the season after Jaron Duran hit that grand slam. Their strikeout percentage was pretty good. It was top 10 also in Major League Baseball. Hard hit percentage, it was, it was bordering on top 10. And then slugging percentage, they were eighth in the sport. So... They were getting it done even without Adam Duvall. They had a little bit of a lull after they lost Adam Duvall. You remember they get shut. They got shut out by the Rays uh, the game after they ended up losing him. But the offense has picked up the slack now, and it seems like guys are starting to get more comfortable. And tonight was one of those nights where it shows the strength of of this offense that your two anchors, the guys that have been the best uh, for you this season, and Rafael Devers, a guy you can always rely upon. And Alex Verdugo, who's gotten off to a all-star type start to the season. And those guys go a combined one for eight tonight with an RBI that came off a sacrifice fly for Rafael Devers. But the reason you can get away with that is because other guys are starting to pick it up. And Masataki Yoshida in this series has now reached base in seven of his nine plate appearances. And it's funny because I think there was a good reason to be concerned about his start to the season. Remember, he started the season pretty well, and then he hit a lull where he was just pounding the ball into the dirt. And you look at that launch angle for him and be like, okay, what is going on with this guy? Why can't he lift the ball in the air? Well, he's starting to do that a little bit more. It wasn't a perfect night for him. He did bounce into a 4-6-3 double play uh, in the top of the first inning, but he does go two for four. Two for four, runs scored, and he plays a part in this win. He got the third inning started with the single. He's hit the ball. He hit the ball hard a couple times tonight as well. And now you look at his splits: two seventy eight average, three seventy six on base, four thirty one slugging. 
And for all the concern that we had, and I think rightfully, I mean, you sign a guy like him to the deal that they did, five years, $90 million, and it got the reaction from the rest of the, the baseball community that this was an overpay. I think it was fair to be a little concerned about what you saw from him at the start of the season. But even with that, he's he's righted himself and now has got himself into a pretty good spot where he's you know really performing at a consistent rate. Now we'll see if this continues and it's a good chance we continue to ride the roller coaster uh, throughout uh, the season with him, the ups and downs. But you know the fact that he's twelve for his last twenty four at the plate, it shows that okay, he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, they, they seem to be making some adjustments with him uh, as well on the hitting side. So it's a, it's a good sign for him to see that OPS over 800 after it dipped and we were rightfully concerned about what we were seeing. And then before we get to Jaron Duran, I just want to touch on Tristan Casas. So he goes one for three today uh, with a walk. He now has 12 walks over his last 11 games, and that's something... That's been nice to see from him because as much as the average it was concerning and still is, he's only hitting 145 on this season, what was really concerning was the fact that there was a stretch to start the season in which he just wasn't walking, and that is supposed to be uh, part of his offensive profile. He had just two walks over his first 12 games, and now he's got 12 over his last 10. So that on-base percentage has jumped up from 184 to now where it stands at 286. Now we hope those numbers continue to rise. But I just bring that up because I thought he played a very underrated role in today's game where in the second inning he works an 11-pitch walk to get things rolling for the Red Sox. They end up scoring three in that frame before the big blow from the guy we now want to focus on in Jaron Duran. And again, if you want to join the program and, and chat Red Sox, we are taking you all the way up to 11 p.m. here on Red Sox Review. 617-779-7937, the number to dial in. You can also uh, text us uh, at 379 379- Three seven. Uh, if you also want to join the program that way, but Red Sox win today eight to six over the Baltimore Orioles. Jaron Duran. Let's get to him now. Here were the exit velocities off the bat of Jaron Duran today. So the grand slam, which we played the highlight from, Will had a great call on that one. One hundred seven point eight miles per hour off the bat. Then the single he hit. Now he hit that single in the eighth inning, and he finished the day three for four, triple shy of the cycle. 106.7. The double, 99.4 miles per hour off the bat. And then even the flyout, that was 96 miles per hour uh, off the bat. So that is four at-bats and four hard-hit balls for Jaron Duran today. This is so different from the player we saw last year where he was lost to the plate, and there may have been a little bit too much pressure put on him for the fact that you know, he was uh, thrusted into the starting lineup and also in the leadoff spot, uh, which is uh, certainly, uh, you know, certainly a difficult, uh, you know, a difficult way that he ended up performing uh, for, the, for the Red Sox last year. But he's, he's started to figure it out here. Uh, and, and it's nice to see the adjustments he's made and, and see a young guy start to find himself at the major league level. Uh, we'll see if we can uh, continue to uh, see how it develops for him. But certainly a nice start for his uh, day today. I want to bring in Joe Braverman because, Joe, I, I, I know the Celtics, I, I know we want to keep it sort of Red Sox talk because it's Red Sox review, but uh, I know the Celtics with the, with the collapse today, uh, and I know you were following a little bit closer than I because I was doing the, the Nissan postgame show. Uh, bring us in a little bit for, for what, what you saw there for the final couple minutes for the Celtics. I'll just tell you this right now, that they it was a double-digit lead 
in the fourth quarter. They were up by as much as 13. They were up 12 in those final five minutes, and then Trey Young just reminded us that he was a superstar, and just the team did not have any focus. But, I mean, I don't want to focus on the negative about the Celtics. That's for right now. We'll get into the negative later about the Celtics. But the Sox now, that was a really good performance. I just want to make sure we touched on it because – yeah, the Celtics had a couple of these games last year, and if you want to chat Celtics, feel free to join the conversation, 617-779-7937, because you know, the Celtics, they obviously make the run to the finals, and that was a huge step for this group, but even throughout that stretch, there were, there were always these moments, it's like, okay, I feel like this should be a little bit easier for them, right? I mean, they had that, the, the Bucks. you have Giannis, right? And he, and he was remarkable in that series of the second round. But being without their second-best player and your team fully stocked, yeah, I think the fact that that went seven and you really had to win a big game six in Milwaukee, that was certainly something to be uh, – it made it the road a little bit more difficult. And then Miami – now, <laughs> we're seeing what Jimmy Butler did in that series or, or did last night against the Bucks. What was it, 56 for him in that game? Yeah, 56 points. And it was really a single-handed effort for him. Uh, to beat uh, the Bucks, who were and now Miami did the Zombie Heat up three one in that series, uh, but the Celtics, oh man, just to, to lose in this one one nineteen to one oh seven. You know what's funny is you can compare the end of the Sox to the end of the Celtics because it was a very large lead for the Sox and it should have been an easy win. And then you have Caleb Ort come in and they just lost focus. Luckily they squeaked it out. Celtics same thing, lost focus near the end. And they had great players that make them pay. You know, Cedric Mullins is a great player. He's maybe not a superstar, but he's one of the game's best players, I think, right now. He's very underrated. And he made them pay because you let them get back into the game. Same thing with the Celtics. You let Atlanta get back into the game. So, I mean, it's it's both ends of the spectrum for the Sox and the Celtics, but the endings were the reasoning were exactly the same, just losing focus. And again, the Red Sox won eight to six today. So a texter, you tell me if this is right, Joe. Twenty-three to eight run for the Celtics over the last six minutes and forty-one seconds. Wow. Trey Young had the final fourteen points. Not saying not saying it was a total collapse, but it does feel like a collapse. But again, Trey Young, I mean it was a thirty foot game winner with two seconds to go. Yeah, I I mean I think that's a collapse. When you're this much of you're the you're the favorite in this series by a mile. I mean, Atlanta's not good, and they're without one of their best players too, Dejounte Murray. Man, I don't know how you let that happen. It's it's uh again this group is this Celtics group. It's so it's it's such a good group, right? I mean, you, Celtics fans, you know, it's it's just a lucky thing to have two guys this young and and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But at the same time. You can't lose games like this because then it just adds more miles to to the playoff road. And somehow you're going to Atlanta having to win this game six, which you are still heavily favored for. You are the better team, yet you have to go make this trip. It's completely unnecessary. Now, maybe this ends the way it did in 2008 for the Celtics because they, they played a terrible Hawks team. Uh, where they had to go to seven against them. I believe that that Hawks team wasn't even 500. They were below 500. They go to seven against them. They, they go to seven against the Cavs. Uh, you know, they obviously they had LeBron James, but a ton of scrubs outside of him. And and they end up winning the championship. So, again, it, it's not to say that won't happen, but my God. 
Yeah, nine uh, one nineteen one seventeen. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say this: like they'll get out of this series. Like they're clearly the better team than Atlanta, but you just wish it could have been tonight because you get plenty of rest. Plus, you have a Sixers team who you're waiting to face if you can advance. Who has a gimpy Joel Embiid? Where reports are saying if it started Saturday, he might not have played. You know, it was like 50 50. So, yeah, it's tough, but I still think they're going to get out of this series. I think they'll get out of this series, but again, it's like you just, you're making the road so much harder for yourself. And that's what this team does. The Celtics, as good as they have been, they tend to do that. All right. Can we'll, we get we'll, positive after the break. The Sox won for The God's Sox sake. won. All right. The Sox won eight to six. That's the final uh, from Camden Yards. So the Red Sox approved to 13 to 12 on the season. Uh, We're going to get you more information about today's game. Joe Braverman has what's trending here on WEEI. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, the Red Sox snapped the Orioles' seven-game winning streak by winning tonight 8-6. Jaron Duran blew the game open in the third inning with his first career Grand Slam. The O's got five runs in the ninth inning off of Caleb Ort, including a Grand Slam from Cedric Mullins. But Corey Kluber... Got his first win as a member of the Red Sox, going six innings, giving up five hits, one earned run, and three strikeouts. The series finale will take place tomorrow afternoon. Joe and Will are on the call from Baltimore at 105 on the Shaw's and Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network, Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Tanner Houck will get the star for the Sox against Tyler Wells for the Orioles. Christian Arcan has the Mass Mutual pregame show at 1205. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. And as always, listen to the Nissan Red Sox postgame show. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself today. Shop NissanUSA.com. Before tonight's game in Red Sox news, the team announced they placed infielder Yu Chang on the 10-day injured list with a hemate fracture in his left hand. Chang could miss up to six weeks with this injury. In response, the team has called up Emmanuel Valdez from AAA Worcester. The Celtics are not moving on to the second round just yet as the Hawks beat the Celtics at the Garden in Game 5, 119-117. Seas led by 12 with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, but Trey Young hit the game-winning three from 30 feet out with two seconds to go. He finishes the night with 38 points. Game 6 from Atlanta will take place Thursday night. And Patrice Bergeron returned to the ice to practice for the Bruins ahead of their Game 5 tomorrow night against the Florida Panthers. The captain stated he expects not to have any setbacks, and he's expected to play in tomorrow's Game 5. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Red Sox Review will be back right after this. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. A little.
little bit of good, a little bit of really ugly in the Boston sports scene tonight. The good, the Red Sox. And we're on Red Sox Review. Joe Wow with you. Uh, the Red Sox win today 8-6 to six over the Baltimore Orioles. The ugly, the Celtics tonight at TD Garden uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. The Celtics fall 119-117. to Trey Young, 14 straight points for the Hawks. And what was a 109-96 lead for the Celtics looked like it was going to be an easy closeout. They had a little over six minutes remaining after uh, jumping up by 13. The Hawks close it out on a 23-8 run to pull out the win. Trey Young with 38 points tonight. And because there's so much happening, we want to hear from you. 617-779-7937. The number to call in once again, 617-779-7937. And we're going to get more into the Red Sox game tonight. A lot of positives. Jaron Duran hits a grand slam. He goes three for four, triple shy of the cycle. And then also it will touch on Corey Kluber a little bit more. Uh, six innings pitch, five hits, one run. He strikes out three. But I, I got to go back to the Celtics because we were focusing on Red Sox, but now we're catching up on everything going on. Uh, Joe Braverman behind the glass here. And, and Joe, I, I was just thinking of what's happened in the NBA back-to-back nights because yesterday you have what Jimmy Butler did against the Bucks, throwing up 56 points, single-handedly in a lot of ways beating that Bucks team. Of course, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. But I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of these two performances now, night after night here, Jimmy Butler, Trey Young, and there's a part of me that almost wonders if this Trey Young performance is even more impressive in a way, as, as great as Jimmy Butler was. I mean, that was insane. It's, it's no knock on his performance. The only thing I was thinking about is that he was at home, so he had the home crowd you know, kind of booing him a little bit. But Trey Young does this at, at TD Garden in front of a packed house of Celtics fans who, who think that this game is going to be closed out, and that doesn't happen. I would say I think both are tough, but I think you have to look at the opponent. I, under, I understand what you're saying about home versus road and that kind of stuff, and we know uh, both teams, Atlanta and Miami, that is, had to go through the play-in. They're, you know, they said, oh, they're going to sweep them and stuff like that. I kind of look at who they're playing. Like, we've seen the Celtics do this time and again this season, you know, not have the focus, lose these big leads, and blow away games. Milwaukee, I feel, was the more complete team in terms of they didn't have games like this, and plus you have a finalist for MVP playing on the other side and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, So I I see Butlers as a little bit more impressive. Don't get me wrong, they're both great. Um, but I feel like we have to focus more on the Celtics collapse than Trey Young. Because, I mean, Trey Young had to do it without his his backcourt mate with DeJounte Murray because he was suspended. And if you look outside of those two, they don't have a lot of offense outside of that. So I understand what you're saying about Trey Young, but I would lean towards Jimmy Butler just because, come on, it was 56 points. It's, it's in the top five of most points in a playoff game in history. Like, you're up there with Michael Jordan and uh, legendary ball players like that. So if you're asking me, Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, it is kind of amazing that like LeBron has never put up that much in a playoff game, and he's had so many historic type of playoff games. Uh, now, and, and then you, you know you had a couple of other players pitch in too for the Hawks in this game. Collins ends up having 22. Uh, Bogdanovich, you know, he throws up 18 on six of nine shooting. It uh, this is the the good thing about this if you're a Celtics fan is that. You feel still very good going into Game 6, knowing that you are the better team on paper. And, of course, with the track record of the season, uh, 
it'd be much different if this was a case where these two teams were even and then this, the Hawks pull off this type of performance and it's a collapse at home and then you start to think, oh God, what's going to happen? Uh, I, the Celtics going into game six, they're still a heavy favorite against this Hawks team that finished at 500 this year. They were 41 and 41. And yes, they beat, they, you know, they beat the Heat uh, in the play-in game to get the seven seed. But this is a team that has been a mess in so many ways all year long, and and somehow, some way, the Hawks pulled this off. I, I again, it's just it, sometimes with the Celtics, they're as good as they are, and they had a great season this year. They go fifty-seven and twenty-five, and of course, they have title expectations uh, coming into uh, this playoff run after making the finals last year. They they just have a couple of these moments where you just scratch your head and say, okay, how did we let this happen? Because it's happened now over several playoff runs. You know, last year, again, they make it to the finals. You have to give them a ton of credit for that. But they were up 2-1 in that finals. And then, uh, you know, they ultimately uh, couldn't get the job done. Again, the number to call in, 617-779-7937. We're going to toggle back and forth here uh, between Red Sox uh, and Celtics talk. Again, just to, to give you the finals for both of these scores, uh, Celtics lose in game five of the first round, 119 to 117 against the Hawks. So the series is going back to Atlanta uh, for game six. Meanwhile, the Red Sox, they did win today, eight to six the score uh, at Camden Yards. A lot of positives to take away for the Red Sox. Almost saw a collapse. Joe just mentioned this, but, you know, it was almost saw a collapse in that game uh, with the Sox up eight to one going into the bottom of the ninth inning and Caleb Ort uh, giving up five runs uh, in relief. Uh, to make it an 8-6 game, and then Kenley Jansen uh, ends up getting the save. But, so, so you know, again, some good, and then, of course, ugly, because this is the Celtics' play, and this is the playoffs. It's different than the regular season, you know, 162 of these games in the regular season. But uh, the Red Sox, again, doing a lot of things well tonight. Yeah, and it would have been worse if it was like 8-0, 8-1, and they end up losing that game. Can you imagine that happening in this town on the same night with the Sox blowing an 8-1 lead in the ninth. That would have been a lot of pressure on the Bruins tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. And people with the Bruins, as good as a regular season have, people get you know, they get worked up when they lose a game because of uh, you know having the historic regular season that they did and, and wanting to complete it with the Stanley Cup. And, and it'll feel, you know, with the Bruins, it'll feel like the, the 07 Patriots if they can't quite get the job done as uh, the Patriots had that historic regular season that year. Uh, let's go to uh, the phones here. David from Florida wants to uh, chat about the Red Sox. David, what's going on? This would have been, like you just said a second ago, this would have been the greatest night in the history of Boston sports if the Red Sox almost completed that loss. <laughs> I mean, they were making it interesting, and I give them credit. They tried real hard, in parentheses, to blow it. They did. They did. It would have been, yeah, no, it would have been one of the worst nights in recent memory. No, 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 no. This would have been the greatest night. This would have been better than any Duck Bowl parade. This would have been better than any postseason championship. This would have been the single greatest night in the history of Boston sports. David, in what I mean, way it, makes it great? I'm just curious. Why would it be great for both Boston teams to lose? Because neither team deserves to, 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 to even come close to winning tonight. They are, what does the, that the mean? The Red, Sox, the Red Sox are like vomit, and the Celtics are even worse. The Celtics are cancerous. They are... Stage four or stage five 
or whatever the whatever the the, the, work, the highest the highest stage of cancer is of all the cancers put together, they are and throwing COVID as well. They are. All right, David, we, we, we appreciate you giving calling in. Obviously, it's it's a reason to be frustrated type of night here in Boston with what the Celtics uh, just what just happened on their home floor. Losing. So I'm, I'm just trying to get through his there logic. Was a lot it, would of... be, it would be the greatest night in Boston history because both teams didn't deserve to win. Well, and also that makes sense. That was that, that was one of a couple things that that threw me off. The other one there, Joe, was was. The, the Red Sox were bad. The Celtics are worse. The Celtics went 57 and 25. They had a brutal night. I mean, there's no way around it. They had a brutal night, again, with TD Garden getting excited. Okay, second round series is coming up against Philly. Uh, and, you know, Joe mentioned this earlier. You may have caught Philly a little bit uh, in a in a advantageous position if you're the Celtics if you got to that series a little bit quicker with Joel Embiid's uh, health status. But, Instead, you have to now go to Atlanta for Game Six. But the Celtics—I mean, they—they've had a better season than the Red Sox, uh, at least for where we are now. Although the Red Sox—they did win tonight, unlike the Celtics, eight to six. And again, if you want to join the conversation, six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. We're talking Celtics. We're talking Red Sox. Whatever you want to uh, chime in with, uh, we are here for you. Let's go back to the phones. Joe in the car wants to chat about Jason Tatum. Joe, what's going on? Hey, good evening, guys. I got to tell you. This close tonight was absolutely madness. You would never see this, such a collapse from a Kobe-led team, from a Michael Jordan-led team. Jason Tatum needs to get it together. All right, Joe, well, we appreciate the call. and now He's absolutely right. One of ten from three. You can't be doing that if you're the superstar. Well, and Tatum, has he's had these types of games where you just wonder, okay, what's going on? Is he hurt? Uh I never like the tired excuse in the playoffs because I feel like it ends up being a cop-out, even though, you know, obviously these guys are playing hard and the energy in the playoffs is just so much more ramped up. And if you want to join the conversation like Joe did, uh, feel free to call in 617-779-7937. You can also text us 37937. Uh, Joe Weil with you. We're taking you, we're taking you all the way up to 11 p.m. Uh, here on WEI with Red Sox and Celtics Talk now uh, after the collapse at TD Garden, 119-117. The Hawks a winner today over the Celtics. But, yeah, I mean, with Tatum uh, – 19 points. Here's the final line. 19 points, uh, 8 of 21 shooting. You just mentioned it, Joe. You you can't go 1 of 10 in a closeout game from 3 if you're the best player on this team that is supposed to be a title contender. And sometimes I wonder, again, as great as Jason Tatum is, I sometimes wonder if... The, the the shots he tries to get in the playoffs are just a little bit too hard. I mean, the playoffs you want guys that can get you easy buckets, and Tatum is a is a great, uh, you know, he's a great scorer. Obviously, I mean, he put up over thirty points this season. So that saying he's not a good scorer is not being uh, honest with you. But I do feel like sometimes in the playoffs it just gets a little bit more tricky for him, and it, it's easier when you can get a, you have a guy that can help you get an easy bucket, and I feel like at times for him in the playoffs, it just gets a little bit too hard at times. Of course, he has games like he did in Game 6 at Milwaukee, you know, where he stepped up. The Celtics needed him to come through last year in that second round, and he did just that. He's he's had other big games. He outplayed Durant in the first round last year, and Durant's a guy, I would say, that that is an easier bucket uh, on a night-to-night basis than Jason Tatum, but... It's an awful line. I mean, and again, a game like this where it ends the way it does and you're missing shots down the stretch, and then you look at the counterpart in Jalen Brown, who 
I, I, Joe, I don't know how you feel, but sometimes I feel like down the stretch, obviously Jason Tatum is a better player than Jalen Brown, but when it comes to crunch time, there's, there's a part of me that always feels a little bit more comfortable when Brown has the ball late. Yeah, I, I will say that for, for Jalen, he had a great night, and I think there's like no need to be concerned about him. I don't really see Tatum as like the big problem, as Joe in the car has stated. I would look more at Joe Missoula because of the in-game adjustments. Like I've been watching the series as much as I can, and what I see is when they attack the basket, they're unstoppable. I know they have Capella, Collins, Okonwu. I I know that, but when they're getting to the bucket, uh, to the bucket, it's it it's child's play basically for the Celtics. Then you go to the three point line, and you're doomed. Like Joe Missoula keeps saying, we want to take more threes. What if they're not falling like they did tonight? Like they only made twelve. Like outside of thirty eight. Yeah, outside of that, they had like a forty eight, forty nine percent field goal percentage. Why are you divvying away from what's giving you success. The threes will come. Just don't force it. That's the problem I have with Joe Missoula. And I don't know if that was like all on the players or if Missoula said himself, hey, we're going to take more threes, start attempting more threes. But if you see it's not working, try something else. Yeah, and I I, I do want to go to the text line for a second because if you need a little bit of perspective just to cool off after what happened at TD Garden tonight, uh, somebody texted in, and I think it's a good point. Again, just to give it all a little bit more perspective, uh, the texter writes, tonight was a lesson for the Celtics, and they're lucky it happened now with a 3-1 cushion. Uh, should see a better closing effort going forward. I I think that's fair to say. That's been the problem all year long. When you see teams like Atlanta, who, granted, are not the Bucks, the Sixers, or any of these top contenders, but they think, not saying like this is exactly what they think, but they have this mindset of, oh, we could play a B-minus game and we could still win. No, you have to bring your A game, your A-plus game, every single night. And I don't know if that's the communication from Missoula or if it's the player's mindset, but these guys do not show up every single night and it's going to kill you in the playoffs. And like the texter said, it is good that it happened now, but if this happens again, like if they advance in the series, which I think they will, and they go to play the 76ers, you do that for one game in the series, your season's over. Now our texter writes in, I think Jason Tatum just needed to think if you're missing too much threes, then go into the paint. You hit on that. You know, if, if the threes aren't falling, you have to vary your shot selection. And just to reemphasize that point, the Celtics in this game, you know, they 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 go 12 of 38 from downtown, yet their shoots they still shoot over 50%. I mean, there are 59 or 49 of 92. So that goes for 53.3%. God, I mean, again, this could just this will be water under the bridge if the Celtics win Game Six, and of course, if they go on to win the NBA Finals, you'll forget about. Yeah, this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read you other numbers because I have the team stats let's up go, here. Let's go. Rebounds. Let's bring it, Joe. Rebounds. These are all favoring the Celtics. Rebounds, forty three to thirty four. Uh, turnovers. They were even at nine, so that cancels out. Uh, fast break points, twenty four to eight. Points in the paint. This is what I'm stressing. Sixty to thirty eight. Why did you not continue with that? In the fourth quarter, it just blows my mind how this team, I said collapse, but now as I'm sitting here talking to you, and I wanted to be positive, I said in the first segment, let's get positive, but this was a choke job, an absolute choke job by the Celtics. They should have won this game. You were up a dozen with five minutes to go, and you somehow 
blow that game away. Again, the one thing you could take solace in is that you're still up 3-2 in the series. You're still the much better team. And there are previous championship winners that have had awful, I mean, awful games like this where it ends like this late. There are previous examples of that. Even the caller, you know, Kobe was, you know, he blew that 24-point lead. Remember in 2008? I mean, the Lakers had a 24-point lead in game four. Looked I mean, like they was... didn't win the series, though, in 2008. <laughs> no, no it's just, win. you know, but, he, you know, he, he's recovered from that. And that was more so the point. But, um, you know, it's just th- there were some really bad mistakes by the Celtics in that game. Um, and, and Tatum has to play a lot smarter than he did. Um, you know, again, 19 points, 8 of 21 shooting. He goes 1 of 10 from downtown. Uh and and then you know they, they let Trey Young, who at the beginning of the series sort of showed you that he's not exactly a winning player. Now he can get hot, and we've seen this from him in the playoffs before. That was you know from two years ago, and New York <laughs> Knicks fans they they uh, they they gave him uh, you know they they were yelling at him in the Garden, but he was still coming through. He takes the bow. They end up winning that series four one, and actually somehow leads that team into the conference finals two years ago. And I know there was a bunch of dysfunction earlier on with Atlanta in the year, obviously going through the coaching changes, and then talks about like his attitude and his play or whatever. But you knew a game like this was coming. This is a player who you mentioned it uh, in the Garden a couple of years ago. This is a guy who loves the spotlight. He loves the attention. So you knew a game like this was going to happen. Not necessarily in the fact of scoring the final 14 points and hitting the game winner or something like that, but you knew Trey Young was going to explode because he had been, you know, he's ice Trey, but he was ice cold the entire series up until tonight. So you knew it was coming. You just couldn't stop it. I'm curious your thoughts on this because the texture chimes in. It's infuriating that Brogdon is sitting late in the game, especially when they're struggling late. He did like that, you know, one of the final pre- uh, plays drawn was for someone besides Jason Tatum. What do you think? I think I, I think when Tatum was struggling, obviously, and I think the beauty of the Celtics team is to have all that depth. So, like, I'm totally fine if Brown's taking the final shot or White or you know they tried to go to Horford uh, before the ball went out of bounds for for a two point shot. So I'm fine in that late minute, last second kind of thing. Um, just it's it's in the it's in the weeds, you know, the really really you know I guess details and the off-court stuff that has got me infuriated, that they don't stay focused. But like you said, the the series is not over. They still have that 3-2 lead, but they can't do this again. Not again in the playoffs. Can't believe it. It's going back to Atlanta. But 119-117, the final from TD Garden. Atlanta, a winner over Boston. So Game 6 uh, coming up here for the Celtics. This is Red Sox Review. Just want to let you know, again, the Red Sox yeah, won we'll today. Get the we'll Sox, get back I to swear. the Sox. We're taking you all the way up to 11 o'clock. Red Sox win 8-6 to six over the Baltimore Orioles. We promised you we touched on Corey Kluber's outing. We'll also preview tomorrow's game as well. We'll pause for a short break and wrap up Red Sox Review right after this here on WEI. All right, Boston, let's try to take it easy after what was a... Uh, Brutal loss for the Celtics tonight at TD Garden. 119-117, the final. Atlanta, a winner over the Seas. So game six coming up uh, for the Celtics at Atlanta. Red Sox won today 8-6 to against the Baltimore Orioles. Don't forget that part of tonight's uh, sports equation in town. Yeah, Joe, can we end with that? We're going to end with I wanna, that. I want to go into the night feeling good. I don't yeah, want right. to think about this. So let's go to one more Celtics call, and then we'll finish it up on a positive Red Sox note. Mike is waiting from Connecticut. He wants to talk about the Celtics. Mike, what's going on? 
What's going on, Joe? I'll tell you, that was a ticky-tack. Uh, you can't call a technical foul on Tatum. To, he had a bad game, but that's not a technical foul. I mean, and, and but the game was lost. What is Smart doing there? I mean, that, that's an obvious foul. And when you're playing at home, I don't know if you agree with me or not, and you're the better team, and you got nine and a half seconds, you don't shoot the ball and give the other team six and a half seconds left. You you play to win the game there. You take the last shot. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of the stalwarts making big mistakes down the stretch. You, you mentioned the Tatum technical foul that helped give the Hawks the lead, and then, you know, Marcus Smart, he, he ends up kind of very stupidly diving for a ball, trying to be the hero, and they ends up fouling Trey Young. That leads to two free throws. Yeah, they I will say, just, just two quick notes. I, I agree uh, with Mike about the officiating. The officiating was very ticky-tack compared to what the rest of the series was going through. It was very physical, not many fouls called. That's number one. Number two, he disagreed about the Derek White call. I don't have a problem with that because anyone, you know, maybe Trey Young and Steph Curry are the only two guys where you'd be nervous about taking that last-second shot. If it was anyone else, you'd you might live with that shot. So I don't have a problem with Derek White's uh, final shot attempt. Yeah, just a flurry of mistakes for the Celtics down the stretch tonight. Again, 119-117 the final from TD Garden. Joe Weil with you. Joe Braverman behind the class. We have about five minutes left here on the program. Joe, you want to end it on a positive note? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's go back to the Sox, and we'll finish it off on what the Red Sox did tonight. The texts are coming in, obviously still frustrated with the Celtics. Uh, you know, they're mentioning the two timeouts that they had left, uh, people questioning Joe Missoula. It's going to be a big test for this team. Uh, going into Game 6, a game they should win, but this is what happens in this town. When you lose an easy game like this, it it. It creates, you know, it creates tension. Uh, you know, Boston's such a great city because, you know, as we're here up and down, it's, 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 uh, you know, hanging with every win and every loss. So, uh, even though you're still favored in the series, uh, now you have to flip, flip things and get it going back in the positive direction. Let's go back to the Sox again. We're going to wrap it up with the Red Sox. Eight six winners over the Baltimore Orioles tonight. Uh, so they improved to 13-12 and 12 in the season. I keep saying that I'm going to give Corey Kluber the love he deserves, and he does deserve it. Again, on the hitting side, Jaron Duran, uh, triple shy the cycle. He had a grand slam. But Corey Kluber tonight, punching bag through his first four starts, 0-4, ERA north of 8. Uh, but tonight, six innings pitched, five hits, one run. He doesn't walk anybody, so that's key for him because he's a control guy, and he strikes out three. In total, he threw 80 pitches 55 of which for strikes, so a 69% strike rate, 39 swings, only five whiffs, but he got some weak contact, 20 balls in play, uh, six hard-hit balls. So uh, He that, does look like a completely different pitcher from what we saw at the beginning of the year. He looks a little bit more comfortable. Well, and I think in that first game, what was so alarming was just the fact that he just couldn't locate, and that's this guy's game. If he can't do that, it's not going to work out for him at all. That wasn't the case tonight. He he located in that first inning. He threw just seven pitches, and what was a tone setter for him was uh, he threw uh, first pitch strikes to the first three batters. So that was a sign of like, okay, maybe this is the outing that Corey Kluber gets himself back on track. And especially because of last night with the Chris Sale situation, this is what you needed, and it's what you got from Kluber. Yeah, you needed some length out of him, and he ends up giving you six. You were hoping to stay away from Kenley Jansen. But then Caleb- Why is Caleb Ort still on the team? <laughs> I'm a- very curious. I tweeted this out, but if he's not in Worcester or in the unemployment line by now, we're going to understand High Bloom's real intentions because there's no way that guy should have been left on the roster over Matt Barnes. Well, and what what was frustrating when they put you know they optioned 
Cutter Crawford down to Worcester, or they demoted him to Worcester, and they kept Orton on the roster. That was one of the more frustrating moves of the year because you look at Crawford, and this is a guy that has potential. And with Ort, you kind of know what you have at this point. And it's and I, and you have Paxton coming back, so you you might be moving like Tanner Houck to the bullpen or something like that. You have arms in there: Houck, Winkowski, Crawford. Like, why Caleb Ort is still there remains to be seen. And I, I do want to note, James Paxton did pitch tonight uh, against Scranton Wilkesbury, which is a Yankees affiliate, the AAA affiliate of the Yankees. Kind of another tough night for James Paxton: four and a third innings, three hits. Uh, Three earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. So uh, another tough one uh, for James Paxton. Actually, I have the line wrong. I'm sorry. Four and a third innings pitched, three hits, five runs, four of which earned. He walked four and struck out five. So that's the final line uh, for Paxton. 0-3 now with a 10.32 ERA uh, in his time with Worcester. So not necessarily ideal there for uh, James Paxton, who still hasn't pitched at the big league level with the Red Sox. And this was a guy that was signed uh, last off, not this past off season, the off season before that. So, would certainly like to get some uh, production out of him. I do like the lineup. You know, it, it's going to be curious when we get to later on in the year when Trevor Story's healthy and Adam Duvall is healthy and Yu Chang, who I think has played himself a roster spot. You have decisions to make. You know, do you keep Jaron Duran? Do you keep? I think you got to keep him now. Yeah, like, tonight. you've got some really important roster decisions to make later on. All right, well, we appreciate you joining us throughout the night here for Red Sox Review. The two finals again, Celtics lose to the Hawks 119-117, but the Red Sox win 8-6 against the Baltimore Orioles. Want to thank Joe Braverman, a fantastic job behind the glass, getting us all the sound, getting us in and out of breaks. I'm Joe Wiles saying so long here from the WEI studios. Red Sox win today 8-6. Maybe that'll help you with the Celtics loss, the brutal one at TD Garden tonight, 119-117. So good and ugly. We can be right back at it tomorrow with Red Sox baseball at 105. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.